listening to Matt Loves Cameras. Pre-exposed film. Those little words seem to ignite heated debate on social media, in forums, and in the comments sections of photography blogs. There's quite a few brands out there now that take existing film and add colours and special effects and sell the film onto consumers. Have you used one? Would you try one? Or is it just out of the question? In this episode, I review the Yotica Antares pre-exposed film. I'm Matt Murray, and this is Matt Loves Cameras. Film cameras. Instant cameras. And everything analog photography related. How are you doing? It's only been four or five days since episode six of Matt Loves Cameras, and here we are already with episode seven. Now, you might be thinking you're in some kind of alternate universe that two episodes have dropped in the same week, but I am uh, trying to do uh, more episodes, shorter episodes, and closer together, so fingers crossed that it works out. Just to recap, I'm Matt Murray, I'm a photographer and camera enthusiast from sunny Brisbane in Australia, and I can confirm there's a few clouds outside, but it is nice and sunny today. I love to review different film and instant cameras and talk to you about them in different podcast episodes. You can see the images that I took with the cameras on the website, mattlovescameras.com, along with the show's Instagram, at mattlovescameras. Today's episode is a little bit different in that it isn't a camera review, it is a film stock review. And today's film stock review is Yotica and Teres. Now, in the current marketplace, there are a number of companies that sell pre-exposed film. So at the moment, there are there is uh, there is Revolog out of Austria, Yotica from Italy. Kono from Germany, Double, who are from Barcelona in Spain, where I believe there is a quite a big analog film community, and Psych Blues from the United States. So all of these films are regular 135 or 35 millimeter film, and they all uh, get developed regularly in C41 chemicals. Now, at least two of the five use Kodak film. So, Double uses Kodak, and I believe also that Psych Blues uses Kodak. Now, these films aren't particularly cheap. I guess if you think about it, they're not new film stocks. So, these people aren't actually producing the film. They're probably buying the film in bulk from a manufacturer, applying the effects, which no doubt would take some time and selling it on. So I'll just run through some of the prices for the film. Uh, So this is uh, from Analog Wonderland in the UK. Double is selling between eight and 10 pounds. Yotica is selling uh, between nine and nine pounds 50. Kono is 10 pounds, as is Revolog. Uh, Now the prices in the United States are probably a little bit cheaper maybe, or is the pound quite close to the dollar these days, I think. So from B&H um, in New York, Revolog is $12. 
Psych Blues is one that B&H sell, which is an American one. That's $10. Yorica is $13 at the film photography store. Uh, now, some of these actually have multi-packs. Some of these companies have multi-packs, so you can save money if you buy a whole load in the pack. But, you know, it's not really that cheap. Um, you know, they're probably looking at double the cost easy, if not almost triple the cost of a regular roll of film. So I guess the big question is, why would you want to shoot with a roll of film that already has some pre-exposed effects on, whether they're colours or other kind of effects? Now, for me, I guess the reason was curiosity. I really was curious about these films. I wanted to see what my photos would look like if I shot on one of these emulsions. I usually shoot films like, you know, Kodak Gold 200, Portra, uh, Fujifilm C200, and I've also got quite a bit of expired film that I sort of churned through. So this was something different, and that's really what I did. Uh, so when I put a film order in with a big company, uh, I would, you know, order, you know, 20 rolls of Kodak Gold 200, and I'd just throw one of these rolls of film in. So the first one I bought was Revlog Color. It's not cola, that's colour with a K, Revolog Color. Uh, that looked pretty cool. Uh, I bought a roll of Psych Blues as well. They were both from B&H, I believe. And the third roll I bought is the subject of today's podcast. It's Yotica and Teres. Uh, so B&H didn't stock that one, and I got my Yotica from the film photography store, which I believe is in California. So they're the three films I have so far. The Yotica and Teres, the Psych Blues, and the Revelog Color. So the Yotica was the first one I decided to use. Um, I think I'd actually forgotten that I had the Revelog. So I took both the Yotica and the Psych Blues on my recent road trip to the Sunflowers. And I did a couple of polls on my Instagram accounts on Matt Loves Cameras and Matt Loves. Uh, Matt Loves is my uh, digital Fuji X account. And Matt Loves Cameras, of course, is the Instagram for this show. And it was pretty close, uh, but the Yotica and Teres won out. So I started shooting that roll of film. Now, with regards to my choice of camera, I wanted to put it in a point-and-shoot camera. And I wanted to use a camera that I knew that worked properly because I've got a lot of point-and-shoots, a lot of them are untested. And I wanted a camera that was pretty straightforward to use and would produce pretty good results. And the other thing was this. If I'm using a kind of film that a lot of photographers are going to hate, which is a pre-exposed film... I thought, why not use a camera that a lot of photographers hate? So I used the Olympus Infinity Stylus Epic, also known as the Olympus Mu2. Uh, it's very small. It's got the clamshell design. It's got the f2.8 lens. So that's the camera I used. And to segue to the next section of the show, here is the shutter sound of the Olympus Mu2. So let me give you an overview of Yotica film. And I'm actually going to be uh, borrowing quite heavily here from an article I found on the interwebs. So this is from an interview that Yotica did with Analog Wonderland. And I'll put a link in on the show notes, which you can find at mattlovescameras.com. So this is Yotica and this is an interview they Analog Wonderland did with them. So the team behind Yotica is Marco, who lives in Milan, with his fiancée, 
Chinzia. I hope I pronounced that correctly. And they both came up with the idea uh, through some creative kind of work with photography uh, to develop these pre-exposed films. I believe Chinzia is the person behind all the vintage graphics for the films, for the film rolls rather, and the film casing. I just dropped mine there. What I really like about the design of the film packaging is that the colours on the packaging match the pre-exposed colours on the film. So, for example, my roll of Yodokaranteras has red, violet and deep blue on the packaging, which are the colours you can expect to see on the film. Whereas the Polaris uh, film has light blue, dark blue and mint colours on the packaging, which is what you can expect to see on that pre-exposed film. So that's really clever. I like that. What you see on the packaging is what you get on the film. Uh, and there's also a really cool uh, old school sort of retro font with uh, Yodica on, on the film canister as well, which is very nice. So I'll just give you a rundown of their whole range here. Where are we? Scrolling down the page. Oh, no, I think the descriptions of the films are on a, another interview they gave. This one was with Cosmo Photo. So, again, I'll put this on the show notes so you can find that. So, here we go. So, this is their entire range. They have Atlas and Pegasus as well. They have different rainbow-style tints. So, one of them has random combinations of many colors, and the other has a rainbow beam present in every frame. Sirio has purple, blue, and green effects. Antares, which is the one that I've used, has red, violet, and deep blue effects. Vega will give you blue, purple, and orange. Polaris produces mint, glacial light blue, and pinkish effects. Although I can't really see the pinkish effects in the, the example shot here, but there you go. And finally, Andromeda is for indoor use, which is very interesting, and it has fuchsia tones. So that's a rundown of the different um, flavors or different types of Iotica film. And uh, yeah, just a, a recap, they are from out of Italy and sort of their experimental sort of photographers who, who like this kind of pre-exposed film look. Listening to Matt Loves Cameras. Hi, lovely listeners. This is Matt. I'm adding a little bit more information to this episode a couple of weeks after it was published. Now, this is the first time I've ever added info to a a podcast episode after it was published, but it's for a very important reason. So, after I published this episode about Yotta Grand Terrors, a lovely listener called Jennifer pointed out to me on the show notes, uh, which you can see at mattlovescameras.com, she wrote a comment telling me that I'd made a little bit of an error, which was 100% true. So what happened was um, the Yotica films do not have a DX code. So when I put the Yotica Antares film in my Olympus Mu2 or Stylus Infinity Epic, it automatically rated the film at ISO 100. But the Yodokran Terrors is an ISO 400 film, meaning that when I put it in the Mew 2, it didn't know what to rate it at because there was no DX code, rated it ISO 100, and I was shooting every single frame on that camera 
the two stops overexposed. Now, being print film, it didn't matter too much in terms of the exposure. You know, Kodak print films have pretty good latitude, and ordinarily that'll be no problem at all. The only real effect it had was that the pre-exposed colours from Yotica and Teres that the Yotica crew had put on the film were not as strong as they should have been if I had rated the film at the proper ISO, which was 400. Uh, I think I actually got a little bit confused as the other film I took on the road trip uh, to the Sunflowers was Psych Blues. Now, Psych Blues does have its original DX code showing on the canister, so I think I got a bit confused, put the Yotica in, and and thought I was shooting it uh, at the proper ISO. So bear that in mind when you are listening to the rest of the episode, when I'm talking about the images, if you're looking at the images that I shot with the film at mattlovescameras.com or on Instagram, the effects from the film are not as strong as they should have been. Now, I do have another Yotica film on order, so next time I will see if I can expose the DX code by removing the Yotica sticker from the film, or if I can't do that, I will use a camera where I can manually set the ISO. I thought you'd like this extra bit of info, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. Cheers. Bye-bye. So, we're only 11 minutes in, and we're already talking about the images. Um, So, I've got my images lined up to talk to you about. Uh, Just a reminder, they were shot with the Olympus Mew 2, or the Olympus... I always forget what you call it. Is it Olympus... This is the American name, the Olympus Stylus Infinity Epic. I don't know, some random combination of words, Uh, but there you go. So the first image I want to talk to you about is one of my daughter. And uh, if you've listened to this podcast before, you'll know that my family are quite often the subjects for photos on this podcast. So the first thing I want to say is this is one of my favorite ever images of my daughter. And I shot it on an Olympus Mewtwo. Stylus Epic Infinity, that's the right combination of words, uh, with the Yotica Antares film. I love this image. She has a beautiful smile. Uh, She looks great. She's wearing some black top and sort of black cap. And uh, she's looking back over her shoulder towards the camera. The colours in the background are really dreamy kind of greens and yellows. I'm not sure how that um, panned out exactly because Antares colours the film with red, violet and deep blue kind of uh, colours. Um, but there's a really lovely look to this image and I absolutely love it. Uh, so yeah, it's one of my favourite images ever. The next one is when I first started to roll off. Oh, that's another thing to say. Before we move on to the sunflower photo, we were in the field and... I think the Mewtwo was on frame 20 or something like that. So I thought, oh, right, I've got four images left. So I started taking pictures of my daughter in the field. So we got to frame 20, frame 21, frame 22, frame 23, frame 24, frame 25, frame 26. And I'm thinking, what is going on? The the film should have rewound by now. And then by about frame 27, I looked, I put my glasses on and I looked at the film window on the Mewtwo and it quite clearly said Antares, ISO 400, 36 exposures. Uh, so I'm so not used to using 36 exposure film, I didn't realise that I got 36 exposures, uh, which was great because I, I kept taking more photos. So there you go. But I started to roll off in the sunflower fields on our road trip. And that is the second image I've got here on my um, website here. So road trip sunflowers. 
It's quite a subtle effect, um, really, on this image. Now, what I've read is that the if you underexpose this film, the colours are going to be really pronounced. And I'm guessing the opposite is true. I'm guessing if there's a lot of light, I'm guessing the effect isn't very strong. So on the, uh, the picture of the sunflowers here, the first picture of the sunflowers, you can't really tell that much. There's an effect on the film. I think just to the right of the frame, where there are some sunflowers, there's a lot of green, dark, sort of green and blacks. It looks a bit violety. Not violety, sort of red sort of colour maybe but it's not that pronounced on that frame. The next frame down is a picture of Murray Bridge Hall. There's a town in Queensland called Murray Bridge, and I took a picture of their hall called the Murray Bridge Hall. Uh, it's actually Murray's Bridge, sorry. I've just realised it's Murray's Bridge. I'll fix up the caption. Uh, so that has a quite pronounced sort of blue and green hues to the image, which I kind of like. The one below that is of some railway tracks. Uh, these were just railway tracks in the middle of nowhere. Doesn't look like trains uh, go past very often, um, but I don't really know the train timetable. Uh, but certainly I stood there for a couple of minutes and took some images. And I really like that. It's got some kind of a golden, almost greeny look to the grass. And there's a nice blue to the sky above it. The next image down is of my faithful companion, Marshall Dalmatian, who I'm sure you all know by now. He was sitting on his bed. I was on frame 35 and I wanted to get the film developed, so I told him to sit. I probably gave him the false pretense of giving him a tasty treat and I took a few images of him, of which I've put one in the show notes. So that's him. He looks, he looks pretty cool. There's a little bit of a hue, different hues to that image, but... Uh, I think it's maybe some blue in the top right-hand corner and maybe ready green towards uh, the bottom. The next image down is of Brisbane at night. This was handheld, slow shutter speed, and I should have really um, used a tripod, but I didn't have a tripod with me. But I really like this. It's just some cool kind of colours of the river, sort of bluey, greeny colours again coming through. Now, I also shot an image at night which I'm putting on the show notes, and I used the flash by accident. So because it used the flash, obviously it's massively underexposed because I was taking buildings hundreds of meters away. And so when the images come back, you can actually mainly see the colors on the film. So you can sort of vaguely see some buildings in the, in the, in the frame, but there's a very strong uh, image of the color gradient used on the frame. So it's blue the left of the frame in the middle is like a violet kind of color and on the on the right hand side is red so i've put that up on the show notes just to show you the kind of thing you'll get if the image is underexposed and the last one i put on the show notes is more sunflowers this has got more of a ready look towards the bottom of the film and maybe some violet in the middle there uh, and the blue at the top is kind of um kind of a very subtle kind of light blue which I really like as well so there you go you can check these photos out on the website mattlovescameras.com and look for the episode on Yodica and Teres and I'll also put some of these of course on Instagram at mattlovescameras
Now, as I alluded to in the introduction to this show, a lot of people don't really seem to like this idea of pre-exposed film. They think they're expensive. They think they're nasty looking. Not everyone, of course, because there are five companies in business selling these films. And I'm guessing if they were losing a lot of money, uh, they would have closed by now. But uh, just recently, there was an article on Petapixel. So Double Film, one of the manufacturers of these pre-exposed films, they were working with Kono in Germany, um, but they've recently shifted to a new partnership with Revlog. So a few days ago on Petapixel, there was an article about it. I think they're renaming some of their film and all that kind of stuff. Um, so there's example, examples of all the photos uh, in this article. I'll link to it in the show notes. But then if you go down to the, the comment section of this announcement, um, there are so many negative comments about the films. You know, people, let me read you one. To me, products like this are the worst part of the analog revival in photography. Uh, and then a lot of other people have said the similar things. Uh, someone else further down said, damn people, just buy a whole garage Diana. Um, so really, a lot of people don't seem to like these pre-exposed films. And to be honest, I don't really get all the hate for them. They're there. If you want to buy them, go buy them, have fun, load them up in a point and shoot, load them up in a toy camera, give them to your kids or your friends, go to a party with them, have some fun. That's my take on them. Um, I probably wouldn't use them, for example, for a portrait shoot. Am I going to stick more with Kodak Gold or Portra? Yeah, I think I will. But certainly for sort of fun little trips where I take multiple cameras, I'll definitely use um, pre-exposed to film. And looking at the range of films that Yotica have, there are two or three in there that I would definitely love to have a go with. So, do you guys use half-frame cameras? I know I've only got one half-frame camera. That's the uh, the golden half, the Hello Kitty golden half made by Superheads in Japan. It's a really cool little cute camera. I'm just looking it up on my shelf now and it's got little kittens on. Um, so, someone who listens to the show here in Australia, Paul Wheeler, at Paul Wheeler Photo on Instagram. Uh, he sent me a lovely message a couple of weeks ago now saying, hey, if you ever want to borrow one of my half-frame cameras um, to review for the show, um, he's more than willing to um, get them to me and I'll get them back to him. And uh, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to doing that at some stage in the future. Uh, so do you guys shoot with half-frame cameras? I'd love to know which ones you shoot with. And um, if you want to see some really cool half-frame action, check out Paul's Instagram, at Paul Wheeler Photo. So just before we finish off this episode, I want to talk a little bit more about Expired Film Day. Now, I mentioned this in episode six, which was the original class, the Fujifilm class, versus the Fujifilm Class S Showdown. So I mentioned it briefly in that episode, but I'll talk a little bit more about it. So upcoming Friday, which is Friday the 15th of March 2019, is the fourth annual Expired Film Day. Have you taken part in this before? I haven't. In fact, I'd never even heard of it until a couple of weeks ago, but I'm really, really looking forward to it. I'm going to load up some cameras with lots of expired film and get out there and shoot it. 
So there's a little competition and gallery online. And what you need to do is you need to load up your cameras with expired film, uh, preferably film that's expired um, some time ago. So, you know, if it's only expired a month or two ago, I'm not sure that's the idea of the whole thing. I think it's got to be as as vintage as you can get away with um, getting some decent images out of it. Uh, or maybe not decent images, depending on how old the film is. So it's March 15th, 16th and 17th. So Friday through to Sunday. Uh, you can submit up to three images for the shared online gallery for everyone around the world to see. And there's some really good little prizes here. I'm not going to read them all out. You can find out about the competition and the gallery and just taking part at expiredfilmday.com. But there are some little um, prize sections like the best use of slide film, best use of multi-exposures, best use of edge markings, best macro or close-up negative, uh, best black and white portrait or self-portrait, best color night or interior photo, Best man altered landscape. Mm, shouldn't that be best human altered landscape? Anyway, um, anyways, a whole lot of rules there around uh, key dates, eligibility, contest judging, all that kind of stuff. Um, so it looks really cool. Now you have until March the 18th to submit your entries. So the idea is to get out there on March the 15th, 16th, and 17th, shoot some cool expired film photos. I feel like I've borrowed that from somewhere and uh, scan them or get them scanned and enter the three best ones in by March the 18th, 2019. I'm going to be doing that. I'm going to really look forward to doing that because I've got quite a bit of expired film. Fingers crossed the results are okay. And uh, if you guys are taking part, uh, let me know. Um, so come say hi at Matt Loves Cameras on Instagram or you can also get in touch at mattlovescameras at gmail.com. That's all for episode seven. I hope you've enjoyed this shorter film review of Matt Loves Cameras. Hopefully I'll be doing a lot more of these throughout the year just to mix it up a bit with the camera reviews. That's all for me. Have a great week. Cheerio. Bye-bye. Forward slash Cassie NMZ. Tick the show notes for the link.